The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. We have a date for your January diary with Owen Ryan, an actor and writer who's bringing his original play Trawled to Wexford Arts Centre on January 19th and 20th. It's in conjunction with First Fortnight. And Owen is going to tell us about how he ended up on a prawn trawler in the Southern Hemisphere. You're very welcome, Owen. Thanks, Orla. Thanks for having me. We have so much to unpack here. First things first, though. Um, is it true that you are very new to the theatre business? Yeah, I suppose I'm brand spanking you, really. Like, you know, for a 49-year-old man, <laughs> um, it's it, it was a late career choice, uh, even though it's not really a career. But um, yeah, I um, prior to this, I never, I never acted. I never wrote a play. And do you know what? I didn't really have much interest in the theatre, if I'm totally honest. Um, wow. But there you go. Converted. Look at you now. So this came about because you did a TEDx talk. Is that right? And what happened to you on this prawn trailer? Trawler. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, when I was when I got accepted for the TEDx talk, which coincidentally was also in Wexford, um, I realized that you couldn't really speak this. You kind of had to act it. Um, and that just set up you know, cropped up a whole lot of challenges because, as mentioned before, I've never done anything like that. So I just said about it. And the more I did it, the more I realized, you know what, I can actually do this. You know, I feel I feel comfortable doing this and um, it feels right in terms of the story. And, you know, when when the night came um, in the National Opera House for the TEDx talk, like it went really well. People were saying, like, you know, at the interval, I loved your story. I'd love to know more, you know. a couple of people came up and said that to me and that just really gave me the green light then to say, right, do you know what, if I expand on this and the message in particular, um, you know, it could be really beneficial for people and they'd be entertained as well. So, yeah, best of both. And your day to day job is as a wellness coach. So you kind of had to put your money where your mouth is also when you when you decide to do this and motivate yourself to do this. Yeah, I mean, this is completely out of my comfort zone. It's, uh, I mean, you know, it's 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 not that I wouldn't be unused to public speaking, but you know, to 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 decide that you're going to put on a one person play for seventy five minutes in front of an audience and you know and and expect an applause at the end of it, like you know, yeah. uh, was 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 you know really a big challenge. Um, one that I I must admit I was terrified of but mm-hmm. also very intrigued to see like you know okay first of all like before i said i was going to do it i had to you know do a bit of investigating you know get some information together talk to a few people about scripts and everything else so i didn't go into this totally blind okay, okay. Um, at all um i got a few mentors as well from a organization called minding creative minds okay. who were very good to me and um <clears throat> and just basically the mentors were able to tell me, look, you're on the right track here or you're way off on. That makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> what are you thinking? So bring us back so, to this trawler between mm-hmm. Australia and Papua New Guinea. But bring us back to before that. How did you even end up on a trawler? Ah, uh, well, you see, um I might have told a little lie okay. to to the fishing agency guys uh, that I had previous fishing experience. Okay. Might have told them a little fib there about that. And really how the whole idea got planted in my head is that I met a guy in a hostel and he, you know, he just caught my eye straight away because he didn't look like a regular backpacker. 
And he was heading out in the trawlers for a couple of months. Um, and he more or less uh, sold me the idea that this was a great plan and you should definitely do it. And when was this? Like, what, what were you in your 20s, your 30s? Yeah, I was 24 okay. uh, when it happened. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, look, you think you're invincible when you're that age, you know. You, do, you definitely do. So off you went onto this prawn trawler. And what, what was your job? Uh, my job was general dog's body, <laughs> which, which is the way the way it works on the on the boats. Uh, some of your listeners are probably be familiar with the um, the the deadliest catch. Yes, of course. The greenhorn. Yeah, the greenhorn has to do all the crappy jobs. So yeah, I was like, I was the cook. I was the everything. I was the you know any any of the tough jobs were were given to me. I actually, you know, it's it's mad because you work harder and you get paid less. Okay. <laughs> like the unions wouldn't be happy with this at all. <laughs> and you lived on the trawler, did you, or did it come in to come in every night, or how did it work? No. Well, that's the thing. You see that that's the illusion that I had when I was going to these fishing agencies that I'd be, you know, um, back on land every now and again. But no, the, the particular boat that I was on, I had to fly two and a half hours to get to these islands called the Torrey Strait Islands. And then I had to get a dinghy boat to our trawler. So we never touched land and wow. we never went ashore in wow. six weeks. In six weeks. When did you think this mightn't have been the best idea? Um, well, probably when the uh, the skipper and I got into kind of a drunken mess fight and he broke two of my ribs. That's <laughs> probably the moment where, where I went like, ah, do you know what? I'd like to, I'd like to leave now, please, if that's all right with you guys. And then, Owen, like that was 25 years ago. What prompted you to tell the story on TEDx and then to make it into a piece of theatre? Is it a story you've been telling throughout the decades or did someone approach you to do a TEDx talk on it? Well, actually, I wrote the book before I did the TEDx talk. So the book has been out for a while, albeit I haven't really given it a massive shove, if I'm honest, um, because of COVID and I had an events business at the time and stuff like that. So I was very busy trying to keep that on the on the rails. Um, so it all kind of happened at once. But uh, yeah, look, the thing is, it's actually, in fairness, it's a cracking story. I mean, I, I couldn't make it up if I tried um, because you just it's, what happens is so unpredictable and so unfor unforeseen that um, it's just drama, drama, drama. Is it your like dinner it party story? Is it something that all your friends and family know about you? Ah, they do now at this stage. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, it's, it's so I suppose I had that part of it. But also, I suppose as I grew a little bit older and wiser and mature and got involved in the employee wellness, as you mentioned, I realized that there was a really important message inside this story that, uh, you know, that I felt passionate about sharing. And that was the main motivation for doing it. Like a good story is a good story. Like, but um, if there's if there's a, something else behind it, where we could all, I suppose, learn from someone else's experience, mm -hmm. like lived experience, um, and you know, and also it's got like I suppose the good story going with it, then it might be of benefit. And that was the motivation really behind doing all these extra things, which I'd never done before. 
So it is behind it. And it is part of of First Fortnight, which happens every January, which is a charity that challenges mental health stigma through arts and culture. And as you said, there is an an important message within it. And am I right in saying there's a QA and a after you have one of the performances on in January? That's right. Yeah, because I've I've found from doing the performance um, up to this point that people actually want to ask me more questions. They want to know more about the story, like what happened afterwards. I mean, there's only so much you can pack in in 75 minutes. But there, it, it it's not that people are walk, run, walking away wondering what's that play about. They're more wondering, like, you know, how did you get on afterwards? And I, how why did you go on the boat in the first place? And and various different things. And what was it like? You know, it's, you just want to know more because it's just such a, it's a world that we're not really familiar with and yeah you could say look there's plenty of fishing boats around ireland that's true but this boat was located between australia and papua new guinea we used to catch sharks we used to catch sea snakes we used to catch massive manta rays and it's been known for trawlers to pick up saltwater crocodiles you are dealing you are dealing with stuff that just wants to bite stab and bloody kill you if I can you know and it's there on the table and you have to you have to use your bare hands to to get most of this off the table <laughs> it's extremely dangerous and when it comes to first fortnight and mental health stigma what are you trying to get across in in the play then well the big message is I mean and this is not a spoiler for the play at all like I mean the big message is to ask for help which is something that I completely failed to do and what people will see in front of me, I suppose, is how how um, I dug my trench and they dug theirs, I suppose, as well. And we just got so deep in, like, I mean, that nobody could back out of it. And, you know, the, the result then, I suppose, is is what you'll see and the play. And, the, and the, obviously there's there's a twist to it because I'm still here chatting to you, you know, but it got very dark uh, indeed, you know. So, um, yeah. That's 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 really that's why I suppose it's for, it ma- it's a very good match for first fortnight. Mm. And by the way, it's an absolute privilege for me to be to be to be working yeah. with them or on the on the program, as they say. And it's a one man play, is it? That's right. Yeah, I um, just you. even though I'm with three, I'm with three other Australian guys. Okay, I do do the dialogue as well. Um, they don't have a lot, uh, thankfully. Otherwise, we're very confused. <laughs> be talking back and forth to me, <laughs> but uh, yeah, what they do say, like, I mean, is significant. You know what I mean? It it sort of it brings the audience on the journey, and they kind of understand the relationships. Okay. Uh, and how is your Australian you know, accent then, Owen? I'd say fair to fair to good okay. is probably <laughs> fair to good, mate. Fair to good, uh, mate. My Australian accent is yeah. particularly terrible. And tell me this, are you in contact with anyone from the trawler 25 years on? It's a really good question, Orla. And the answer is I'm not. Uh, I'd lo- Look, I'd love to meet the guys again. I bear no um, ill will towards them whatsoever. What happened, happened. Um, you know, and look, everybody had their own motivations mm-hmm. for, um, you know, the way things turned out. Uh, look, it'd be amazing to meet them again. Um, but no, no. Once, once I got off the on the dinghy, like, so. and, and do you follow it. any of them? On, did you ever look them up on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that? Like, are you intrigued by where they are now? I would be intrigued, but you know something, I don't know their names. Ah, okay. I, as in, I don't know their surnames, yeah. and they don't know. 
They don't know. And this is a funny thing in the play. They didn't even know my first name. I was called Irish on the trawler. So, <laughs> so if they were to look me up on the Facebook, type in Irish. So good there'll, luck. Be, there'll be no big reunion then in the next few weeks. And one more thing before I let you go. At the age you are now, would you do it now? Or, or was it kind of youthfulness and, and believing in yourself at 24 and thinking that, you know, we were almost we could live forever. Was it was it something that you would do now as an adventure? Um, yeah, but, um, <laughs> you know, hindsight's a great thing. And yeah. uh, I, I, you you know, what happened like to me is just so unexpected, like that, uh, you know, it would never happen again. Like it could have been the most boring six weeks of fishing mm-hmm. ever. Like you catch prawns, you put them in boxes, you stick them in the freezer. But no, I mean, some incredible stuff went down, like, you know, that uh, is frightening, like, I mean, so, Uh look, no, I wouldn't go through that experience again because it was just too much. Uh It was more than most people, if anybody could handle. So, um, but look, I suppose I'm taking the good out of it now. And that's, that's, that's a great place to be. Yeah. And sharing the experience with other people. And, and, and like you said, well. little did you know, you were going for the adventure and, and then you got adventure and then sub. Um, it's called Trawled. Um, it is on at Wexford Art Centre. Trawled when adventure becomes survival. And uh, it, I, I think it's a piece of theatre, even if you're someone who's not a theatre goer, it sounds like it's just such a roller coaster that it's almost like sitting in and watching a drama that you'd watch on Netflix or something like that. And the Q&A session, Owen, is it on both nights or one of the nights? Yeah, it's on both nights. Good I'm stuff. happy to do both. Um, you know, I'll, I'll stay till they turn the lights off. OK, good stuff. And it is in <laughs> conjunction with First Fortnight as well. It's on the 19th and the 20th of January. If you go to Wexford Art Centre's website, um, you will get more details and you can book tickets there as well. And as Owen said, it's always good to know the amount of time for plays. 75 minutes, so nice and compact. And like we said, lots happens during that 75 minutes as well. Owen, thank you so yeah. much for talking to me and telling us your story. You. And um, wow, just fair play to you for still being here 25 years on after what experiencing sharks, saltwater crocodiles and just the odd prawn. And just the odd prawn. <laughs> Great to talk to you and best of luck with everything. Cheers, Orla. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. The New Year's resolution. Are you still doing them? That old chestnut. My New Year's resolution to meditate has basically not even happened. And a recent study by Forbes found out that people fail to stick to their resolutions by February due to the lack of structure in their lives. Well, that's where Kira Conlon, a productivity and leadership coach, can help. She believes the key to maintaining resolutions is to develop daily habits. And she joins me this morning to tell us more. You're very welcome to the Sunday Grill, Kira. Thank you very much. Happy New Year Happy to you. Happy New Year. And as a productivity and leadership coach, how do you feel? Take take the daily habits out of it. How do you feel about resolutions? Are they a good thing or a bad thing during New Year's? I think the timing is off. Um, when we talk about New Year's resolutions, I do think resolutions are a good thing. I mm-hmm. think goals are a fantastic way to help us um, achieve success in life. But with New Year's resolutions, we generally do them or set them 
when we're still in party mode or Mm -hmm. some people even have a bit of a hangover on uh, Mm -hmm. New Year's Day. So it's not quite right because anything we want to change in our life, any goal, we need to really think it through. We need to think about what else is going to be affected if mm-hmm. we follow a plan or do this. And and that's really why a lot of the time or that research from Forbes shows that, you know, people give them up because they haven't really thought enough about how am I going to do this? That's really interesting that you say that, because like I said, I decided I was going to meditate as my New Year's resolution. It's now January 7th. I have not resol- <laughs> I meditated once. And like you said about planning, I I need to plan to get up 10 minutes earlier if I'm going to do that. Whereas on January 1st, no, January 2nd, let's just leave January 1st. Nothing was going to happen that day. But on January 2nd, my daily routine started as it always starts. So I didn't have time to meditate. So I should have planned to get up 10 minutes earlier. Absolutely. And and there's even more to it than just planning to get up 10 minutes early. Mm. You need to decide in advance, where are you going to meditate? Okay. What are you going to do if somebody in the house disturbs you? Uh How, you know, how long are you going to meditate um, just by sitting still or are you going to download an app? So, you know, there's a lot of thought that should be put into this as well as do you need to go to bed a little bit earlier? Mm -hmm. So we even need to start planning the day before in order for that to work. Um, So, yeah, it's not just as simple as saying I'm going to do this. No, it definitely isn't. And is that where people are falling? They fail to plan, so they plan to fail. I think it's the biggest reason, but also we try to change too much at once. Okay. So there's a complete overhaul of our lives uh, at the beginning of the year. Everybody wants to lose weight, get fit and, you know, do another 100 different goals. So, again, it's about planning, thinking it through and also about really asking yourself, is this a really a priority for mm-hmm. me right now? Okay. Why do I want this? So we often set goals because we think we want them. Take your example of meditation, mm-hmm. you you know, you may or may not have seen and think, OK, this this is what I need in my life. But if you thought it through, is it for the right reasons you're doing it? OK, so, you know, often it's because somebody else is doing it and it's not actually what I need right now. Maybe mm-hmm. I need exercise right now. So there's very much when we're when we're looking at habits, we want to see what is the end goal And then we need to make the decision based on that. So if my end goal is calm, well, then, yes, meditation is definitely a good one. If my end goal is energy, which meditation can also give me, but so can exercise. So which is going to fit in with my life better? Okay. And in an awful lot of cases, do you find in your work that people don't really know what their end goal is? Sometimes, yes. Mm. Um, Sometimes it's down to overwhelm. There's so much possibility that we could or should be doing Mm -hmm. because we're looking out and seeing everybody else on social media with, you know, doing all of these things that we find it difficult to do. And believe me, I was one of those people. I used to sit looking at people out running and think, how the hell do they do that? Where Mm -hmm. where do they get the the discipline to do things like that? And it was over time that I started to realize all the different parts that were involved. And it does start with mindset. 
Okay. So it's about having that attitude to say, okay, first of all, do I want this? Yes, I do want it. I can do this. If somebody else can do it, I can definitely do it. Mm. I just haven't found the right strategy yet or the right way to do it. So with habits, there is quite a bit of thinking to be done. And even if you don't want to do that thinking, if you want to just go out and do it, if it doesn't work, we don't give up. We look again and say, okay, how can I tweak this? So if meditation isn't working for me in the morning, maybe I could try it before bed Mm -hmm. or at lunchtime when nobody disturbs me. So it's about having that, you know, agility, I suppose, and proactive attitude to how can I make this work? This is all making such sense about making it work (laughs) and fitting it into your life. Uh, Is it true what people say about habits that it takes about 21 days for a habit then to just become part of your day-to-day life? Or is that just something else we've read as a meme on the internet? Yeah, it's not actual science. Um, The the latest research would say an average of 66 days. But that doesn't always hold because it depends on the habit and it does depend on the person, depends on your environment. So there isn't really a fixed amount of time, but there is a kind of a sweet spot around the three to four weeks, Mm -hmm. if you are repeating a certain habit every day at the same time, it can get easier. So what we're looking for is what's happening with a habit is that we're creating new neural pathways. Okay. So we're creating a neural pathway when we carry out an action. And then when we repeat it, we're strengthening it. So if you were to imagine water flowing in the sand It creates a channel. And then if the water keeps flowing, that channel gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So that's what we're doing with the repetition. And there is somewhere along that um, pattern that the habit gets automated, which means that our prefrontal cortex or our thinking mind no longer has to think about it. We just know how to do it. It's like driving the car, brushing our teeth. We don't question that every morning. Should I brush my teeth now or later? We just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Interesting stuff. I did your um, goal achievement quiz on your website, kiraconlon.com. And some of the questions kind of astounded me. They made total sense, but I don't do any of them. Like, do you have a 90 day plan? No, I don't have that. Do I take breaks from my desk every so often? Do I get triggered by people around me? Yes, sometimes. Do you write down your yearly goals? No, I just don't do that. Do I spend time monthly planning and prioritizing? I'm really interested in this. Why does that work? Why should we do something like that? So basically, if you have goals at the beginning of the year, what you want to do is to break them down into that 90 day plan. Okay. And that's why I created this Life Flow Planner. It's in order to give people a goal setting strategy, let's say, to start Mm -hmm. off with, okay, this year I want to achieve this. But for the next 90 days, what am I going to do in order to get that? Now, with the 90 day plan approach, it's as as important. What am I going to do as what am I not going to do? Because we can't do everything. So therefore, in the next 90 days, what am I doing? And then the monthly plan helps us to, you know, break it down again to see what's achievable for this next month. Mm -hmm. At the end of each month, we look back and we see, did I achieve everything I said I would do? 
If not, why not? And then we move things into the following month. So this kind of reflection and reviewing is really important so that we don't, you know, let six months of the year pass and you're still not meditating. (laughs) So, you know, it gives us that opportunity to check in with ourselves. And as I said earlier, you know, tweak the strategy, change it so that it does work for me. And then as a productivity and life leadership coach, Kira, what what are people coming to you about? Can they be the smallest things like I can't keep my New Year's resolutions to quite life changing things? What is the kind of most common reason that people come to you? Yeah, I mean, there's two parts to what I do. One, I work in corporate um, in leadership, helping people to um, grow within their organizations and helping them, you know, manage all the dynamics that goes with that. And then on the other side, um, I run coaching programs, helping people to get to, to plan those habits, to change their mindset And you say from the small, like trying to stick with New Year's resolutions, New Year's resolutions can be life changing. So one small habit can completely transform your life. If you were to, you know, maybe to start meditating this year, that could be the thing that completely changes everything in your world that helps you able to manage Mm. um, those triggers that uh, that make you emotionally react. So there are small changes that we can make that can make a massive difference. Yeah, you're making it all sound so less throwaway than I think a lot of us think of New Year's resolutions. I I think we're almost setting ourselves up for a fall. We kind of think, I'll do that, but that won't work, you know? So... Yeah, really yeah. interesting stuff there, Kira. Um, I think people should go and take that quiz as well on your website, <laughs> kiraconlon.com. And you've lots of courses and things happening uh, as well as your book, as you said. But um, you have a six week online product productivity course for busy achievers called Workflow, Find Balance and Get More Done. And that's going to be happening in the next few weeks and lots of other stuff as well. Um, Kira Conlon. Dot com. Let's start the new year right. And Kira is there to help. Thank you so much for talking to me on the Sunday Grill this morning, Kira. Thank you so much. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It's a Sunday morning here on Beat 102-103. You're listening to the Sunday Grill. I hope you're doing well. And a TY student in Enniscorthy has been busy setting up a mini company like lots of other TYs across the country. But Anne-Marie O'Mahony has a very personal slant. Anne-Marie is a student at Colosh de Breed in Enniscorthy and she dedicated her project to her late grandmother, Margaret, who passed away in early 2023. Anne-Marie created the pamphlet that provides information for young people and anyone else interested in the importance of caregiving and safeguarding for the older generation. She talked to Rachel from Beat News during the week about her idea. When we went back to school in September and started our transition year journey, our coordinator, Miss Leland, she's absolutely fantastic. Um, she told us about our many companies and that, you know, we'd have a lovely craft fair and that we'd have to display something that we've created ourselves. And most most of them, the year group, they make lovely baked goods and they're delicious. But I'm not very good at baking. And I said, you know what? I just want to do something that I really enjoy doing. And I love to write and I love to read. And I said that after my nanny living with me here for 14 years in our family home, I said maybe I could write about something um, and dedicate it to my nanny. And uh, my mom and dad were full-time caregivers to my nanny. And I would have experienced a lot of care being given to my nanny and health 
um, healthcare um, advisors uh, coming in to visit and health nurses coming in. And I just wanted to do something that would, um, you know, I suppose acknowledge the amazing achievements that my nanny had and to raise awareness, uh, especially to my generation, about the elderly. And, you know, they do get sick and they do deteriorate. And I think my generation especially turns such a blind eye to this situation. But we're all going to be old and some of us may even be sick one day. So it's not something to ignore. And Anne-Marie says the reaction to her pamphlet has been really positive. Oh, my God. I, I've just, I've been blown away. It's phenomenal, the support that I've gotten. And, you know, it's it's so full of love. I mean, my coordinator, Miss Whelan, Miss Margot Whelan, she was just absolutely superb from the get-go. Uh, you know, I, I went up to her with the idea and I said I kind of wanted to do something different. And she was so on board. And the whole school, you know, I've been getting compliments, um, like, the whole month of December. And then in my community, then, I've had so many people come up to me and, you know, well done, Amory, and such a great achievement. And I've had phone calls asking for pamphlets, and I've had people from counties Clare, we had Wicklow, we had Dublin, we had um, at Kildare, I think. Yeah, we had just so many people that are just so interested in seeing um, uh, in seeing the um, how far this can go, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And of course, then my parents as well. You know, they've been so supportive and so good to me, and. Yeah, so it's it's supposed to be very good. If you'd like to get a copy of the pamphlet, you can contact Anne-Marie directly on her Instagram page if you search for caregiving.safeguarding.cb. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It's 2024. Have you seen your first 2024 car? I have. Car? Oh, Yeah, no. you know, 24-1. Did you get a new 2020 on the... You said, is that how you're going to break it to me that you're after getting a brand new car? No. <laughs> brand new mean. Porsche 2241. No. no, unfortunately, even though you would be really surprised to hear this, I'm I'm not on that six figure type. So. What? No. I am. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. My mom's going to hear this and be like, Jesus, compared to the Christmas presents I got last year, he is not. Why isn't he paying me rent? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, how are you? I'm good. Haven't seen you. Have you had a nice Christmas? I did. I just stayed in bed. Wow. Like, even on Christmas Day? Uh, a good bit of it. Wow. Again, Mrs. Griffin, he needs to be paying you rent. Yeah. I had had my had my bowl of stuff and my big bowl of stuff and that's, that's why... Christmas means to me is a big What do you mean your big bowl of stuff? There's stuffing. Oh, stuffing. Okay, yeah. phew. Like, where did you eat that big bowl of stuffing? At the kitchen table. Okay, grand. Okay, my image was you still in bed, being handed over a big bowl no, of stuffing and never leaving your I bedroom. I have to get out of bed to have my big bowl of stuffing. Yeah, I that's love the, stuffing. That's the agreement. No, there's uh, like there's like the family stuffing uh-huh. and then there's and then Brian's a, stuffing. A, a bowl four times the size that's just but for me. But it's the like. same stuffing. Is it sausage, sausage stuffing? No, it's just straight up bread stuffing and I just... <gasps> I literally edit. I'm gonna say for hours. I just had it. Like it, I, it took me so long to eat it. It was past dinner, past dessert. We're watching a film later on. It was when my I had a second go of it, and I finished it off then. Like so, I was. And did you have a meal as well? Did you have turkey and ham and all those things? I had a like a bit of turkey also, but the main thing was the stuffing. <laughs> and it's such a special recipe in the Griffin household. It's just the one my mom does, and it's amazing. It's beautiful. And is it a once a year thing? Well, I suppose we could probably have it more times, but it's all I want. To, I, I like looking forward Christmas. to Christmas to have my stuffing and to have Scott's <laughs> clan. I oh. absolutely horse through a box of Scott's clan. Gosh, these I are all a, things I would never. I know choose. it's so it's so like I don't like toffee. 
Okay. But Scott's, she loves Scott's Clan. Scott's Clan is I'm addicted to. Like literally, I had a, I got a big box of them. Do you know the big box you can get yeah. in the shop? Got a big box of those, and I was completely gone within a few days. Wow. And I like yearned for. I found one in a pocket then a few days later because I had a hoodie that I had on, and I literally was like, I rang my mom in in overjoy in enjoyment because I was so happy I found another Scott's Clan. Brian. I know. I don't know what it is, Orla. <laughs> I, I'm like I'm like old in there's such a specific way. Scott's clan. That's my one weakness. No. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm sure it's because what's rare is wonderful. Yeah. Just, well, yeah. If yeah. I had it the whole time, I, there would be nothing. Yeah, so nothing. They're an, uh, exclusively Christmas. There you go. An exclusive look into the mind, Brian Griffith. Yeah. Stuffing Griffin. in Scott's clan. That's Christmas means to me. Yes. Uh, December 2023. I repeat in 12 months time. Yeah. Let's hope. Okay. Will we talk a few of these movies? Oh, I can't so. get over the fact that Mean Girls is coming back 20 years later. Will we start with Iron Claw? Because that's out soon, is yes. it? Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to this. And this is probably the reason Zac Efron looks the way that Zac Efron looks. And what, what do you mean by buff. that? Buff! Oh, okay. He's always been pretty buffed. Ah, uh, no. You saw him at Baywatch. There's buff and then there's You see this. him at Baywatch? Yes, but this is much bigger. Yeah, okay. Will we have a listen to Iron Claw? Sure. Okay. Ever since I was a child, people said my family was cursed. Mom tried to protect us with God. Pop tried to protect us with wrestling. He said if we were the toughest, the strongest, nothing had ever hurt us. I believed him. We all did. Morning. Pants tomorrow, please, David. Harry, I want you to join your brothers in the ring. Yes, sir. I love that. Now, we all know Carrie's my favorite, then Kev, then David, then Mike. But the rankings can always change. What do you want in life, Kevin Von Eric? More ribs. <laughs> I want to be with my family. You know, be with my brothers. What do you like to do with your brothers? There you go. Orla, what were you saying about Jeremy? <laughs> So Jeremy Allen, it Jeremy Allen White from uh, the Bear is in this as well. And yeah. Orla, what do you say about him there? I said he's quite attractive it, because he's on the big screen. I don't know if I knew him in real life, but I think <laughs> he's quite attractive. And what do you say? What? Oh, he would be if, if he was in here. You'd be like, what? Who's that little? Lad? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. So that, that looks good. I think it's going to be. So that's 9th of February. Apparently, that's coming out. But all okay. these. So a true story on the life of professional wrestler Kevin Von Erich and the Von Erich family. Did you know of these at all? Nope. And I, I still, I like, even that trailer is the first time I've even heard it. So I, I have no idea what it's going to consist of. But I just know, I love Zac Efron, obviously, High School Musical shaped me. And um, like Jeremy Allen White. Yeah, he can't really do any wrong, really. Like, so it's like just the two of them alone. I'm yeah, completely and, sold and, on it. But a like. great cast, like more tyranny from Eeyore and lots of other yeah. stuff in there as well. And then uh, Lily James, who can do no wrong these days. Lots of these movies, by the way, should have been out earlier, but we had the writer strike. Yeah. So we're getting an awful lot of stuff. We should well, kind of be delighted by ourselves. It's probably a lot of stuff as well that's trying to go for Oscar stuff. So I think the next couple of weeks we might get absolutely bombarded with stuff. Which... I used to love that when I was in college. I would spend my afternoons just going to stuff that could be or would be nominated for Oscars. Well, I so. happily, like at, at, on last Thursday, I went to the cinema at 10.40am. <gasps> what did you see? I saw Ferrari. Oh, so never heard of it. I have heard of it. It's a car. Yes. No, I have heard of the movie as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, it's, it's Adam Driver in it. So it's like, yeah, that's definitely a, an Oscar type movie that like they're trying to push for that now. So it's like, I don't know, I'll happily, I'll happily take it. I'm after getting my 
my cinema pass now for the year. And so. Your fix is on. Yeah, uh, will we talk Mean Girls? Oh hell yeah! Okay, let's have a quick. This is a really quick clip, and if you know all the, you know the iconic lines, burn books, all that from Mean Girls, they ensure to incorporate this in 2024. We as women have to be able to support each other. Get in, loser. Welcome, Katie. You're never gonna believe what I found this morning. Your burn book. Mom, go make snacks. For sure. For sure, Regina, yeah. Do you like gum? Sure. Oh, no, I don't have any. I, I was just... You're a mess. We will help you, Caddy. There you go, Mean Girls 2024. It, it is an anniversary. It's yeah. 20 years. This is Tina Fey's adaptation of Mean Girls. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, I can't. I cannot yeah. wait for it. I have a, a crush on all of the lead women, <laughs> including Tina Fey, especially Tina Fey. Okay. And I will be there day one to see that, and potentially. And day when two. is day one? Tell me. Uh, February, I think. Yeah, it's pretty soon. It's it's. Well, they did an interesting thing. Like for today, it's the world premiere. Yeah, and then the world premiere is today in New yeah. York City. They're having a Wednesday's We Were Pink early. Um, Day, followed by early access screenings on January 10th and then it's going to be released by Paramount. I might wear pink on the... When Please I do. Because yeah. remember your Barbie days. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Who can forget? No, I can't. I can't wait for... I'd like... <laughs> I was, I, I've seen a lot of people being like, oh, they didn't want... They shouldn't have remade this. I think Mean Girls is... Do you know they talk about like super bad and whatever? Mm-hmm. It's like there needs to be more women comedies. Mean Girls is easily the best like female-led comedy oh, I've ever seen. Brilliant. It is infinitely fun like yeah. you can watch that no matter how many times you've seen it and still enjoy it and you know what they're like I know we know who's in Mean Girls but sometimes it kind of blows me away the people yeah. who are the main characters 100%. in Mean Girls you know that um, oh what's her name from ABBA was Amanda Seyfried Amanda Seyfried Seyfried for example Lindsay Lohan Rachel McAdams Rachel McAdams is Regina George like yeah. Regina George and Tina Fey of course was in it as Regina, well Regina and but even like people like Tim Meadows was in it Amy Poehler was uh, Regina George's mom in yeah. it. so it's like that's like hundred percent. Like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, are like best and like friends, any so. movie, like you know, I know there's loads of people who are super fans of Mean Girls, but like most moviegoers, you go to something and then you forget about the side stars. You know the Lindsay Lohans are in it. Just watch it. Just yeah, watch I'm, I'm 2020, a, 2004's Mean Girls, and you will be blown away. I can't wait, honestly. Mm. Uh, no, but this new one as well. I I can't wait to see it. I know it's a musical, and people are like put off by that, but I'm like. I'm so glad that they made it a musical rather than just remake it. And they've adapted it from the Broadway musical itself. Yeah, so it's quite true like, to form. And they've made it kind of 2024 as well. So like it could be the like because people are going to be like, oh, this joke is like, oh, it's so like, why did they have to put in like TikTok and mm. stuff? It's like because TikTok is now like yeah, if it was tw- exactly. made, like if it came out 20 years ago and TikTok was around 20 years ago. TikTok would have been in it because it would have been real to the generation mm-hmm. it's made mm-hmm. for, like, you know. Can we just name a few now because uh, we are running out of time? Drive Away Dolls looks good. Comes from Ethan Cohen yeah, and his wife. It's another good cast. It's like young cast uh, Geraldine. I can never pronounce her same. Yeah. as the main character in it, and she's just one of those people that, again, if she's in a movie, I'll happily go yeah. see it. And it's another thing that is. It's a couple of decades in the making. Like it was pitched a few. It, 10, 15 years ago. It's taken until now to make it. Um, the, the side stars and that, like Matt Damon, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, the kind of, you know, old school stars and then let the, the young main stars take it away. It sounds 100%. like a good one. It's called it's Drive Away Dolls. Um, then we have Mickey 17. Yeah, so that is Robert Pattinson and... Oh, Robert Pattinson. 
Yeah, he, he's it, all that's around for this is a is a picture of okay. Robert Pattinson's head tilted back in a thing of water. Okay, it's it's from Bong Joon Ho who did Parasite. It's okay. his next movie after Brilliant. Parasite. Okay, and it's Robert Pattinson, Mark Ruffalo, Tony Collette, and Stephen Ewan, and it's like. Hell yeah. And like, that's much further on in the year than if we're only getting a photo, yeah, is it? Well we that's all like we don't even have a date for that yet. Okay. It's still in post production, but it's it's gonna be unreal. I just know it's gonna be next year's Oscars is gonna be the big talk, but Brilliant. I'd say it's gonna take over. I loved Parasite. And then finally, Fall Guy. Yeah, Fall Guy. You know do you know who's in Fall Guy? No, as in Fall Guy the nineteen eighties series remake. Was he a, a stuntman? Yeah. Okay, then it could be a movie based on that. Yeah. It's Ryan Gosling. Okay. Oh, and Ryan Gosling should be Fall Guy. Yes. And he, he's he's plays the stuntman, and Emmy Blunt is like this director that's like his his boss, obviously, in it because he's stuntman. And Aaron Taylor Johnson is this famous actor who gets abducted or something, or he goes unconscious, and Ryan Gosling has to fill in for him. Honestly, you need like Orla. You personally need to watch the trailer. Okay, I'd, I will. It's I watched it a couple of times and I love it. Thank you very much. No problem. Lots to look forward to I, in yeah. 2024. Is there one of those in particular? I'm going with Mean Girls out I, soon. Mean Girls, but I think Fall Guy. Like, if we were to make a prediction now of what like those movies from those movies are going to be our favorite from the year, I think I'm going to come back next year and be like Fall Guy and Mean Girls. Okay. I feel like those are the two. But there's so Ryan much. Ryan Gosling so much. can do no wrong in my eyes. No, and like uh, there's like so much as well. They're coming out like the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Dune Two, uh-huh. so many more things. But yeah. I was like. You were like, okay, Brian, what are you looking forward to the most? And I had a list of these other ones and I was like, Fall Guy and Mean Girls are okay. going to be... brilliant stuff. Ones. Thank you very much. They are just some of the movies that Brian is looking forward to seeing yeah. and some of the movies that I will say I will go and see and never do that. Yeah, I'll see them all tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a million. No problem. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103.